0: And you know what? I feel like doing this makes me extra angry like, <laughs> at products that claim like really instantaneous yes. effects or really, really fast yes, results. Because exactly. this is a category you see a lot of people as like results in one week. Yes. That's bullshit. So- <laughs> All right. Welcome back to the Chemist Confessions Podcast. I am Gloria. I'm Victoria and this is a podcast on all the skincare science we talk about on the daily mm-hmm. and today is a meets episode on post acne care Oof. especially about acne scars Oof. yep but before that let's get into some nice words but not really <laughs> no today we're not doing nice words
1: today we want to share a little bit and do a little bit of a reveal on all of our holiday kits coming mm-hmm. up one thing to note is this year we will have six kits mm-hmm. six curated kits total we're really excited and we're just going to hint at two. We're each going to give, which ones are, I guess, talk about our favorite. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, I think my favorite has to be, has to be. <laughs> <laughs> um, There's so many to choose yes, from. Yes, there is. I think my favorite has to be the, you know, interesting enough. Oh. You know, this caught me off guard. Mm. I actually think it has to be the experiment. Okay. We have a kid called the Christmas Experiment. Mm-hmm which comes with our full size double play mm. and also a um, the experimenting minis kit mm. with a baby steps. And to me, this is a very comprehensive routine. Yeah. And it's a great way to dive right into the brand yeah. and understand our product philosophy, mm. but it still has enough where you can exper- experiment with mixing and matching yep. and really figuring out what works for your skin.
1: Yeah, I think the nice part too is that you get kind of an arsenal of our soothers mm-hmm. to kind of go with and find exactly. your, your kind of um, sidekick to mm-hmm. double play. Um, so it should be really fun. I yeah. agree. All right. I think for me, the one I like, and it could be because of the pun that it comes with, <laughs> is the Library of Appeal. Mm-hmm. And this is actually going to be a, our trio of acids. We mm-hmm. are, we have finally decided to kit these three. In the mm-hmm. beginning, I think Gloria and I have always been quite skittish because there are a few of you guys who have bought all of our acids. Yeah. And we have wondered, what do these guys do with mm-hmm. all three acids? But then we realized... That a lot of our customers are truly like exfoliant aficionados, yeah, and we've realized that by gifting these or by kidding these three together, they have been able to kind of use them truly as the tools we created them to be, yeah. and that in whatever scenario they are, they have used their exfoliants that way. So. Like, we have people that onboarded uh, stronger retinoids. So mm. they've moved to baby steps. Right. They have a congestion moment. So they've decided to do specialist mm-hmm. and they want that potent mass. So they're going to do gold standards. So,
0: y'all experts, this kit is for you guys. And I don't know. I think it's actually kind of fun. Yeah. You know, it's funny because, I mean, Victoria's absolutely right. We've gone through this a few times. Like, oh, should we put the asses together? Yeah. And they're like, who the heck needs all three? <laughs> And I actually find myself using all three. It just depends, right? Like I I typically, because I'm very tolerant, I do typically use gold sander, but as my weekly rinse-off mask, but there are days or like um, when Victoria and I are trying new formulas, Mm -hmm. new actives, I just don't really know how my skin will react. I'll dial back to the baby steps or I just don't feel like having a really high level peel. And I keep specialists around because I, even though I have dry skin, I don't get i don't really break out but i'm very prone to blackheads mm-hmm. so i when skin just needs a bit of that spot tree mm-hmm. i keep the specialist on hand so in a way yeah i do use all three so yeah. i think it's a great way to figure out what works for you
1: yeah so we're really excited that's two of the six kits that we have curated that are completely new and just based on kind of the our customer feedback and mm-hmm. y'all think we don't read the reviews we do <laughs> And we take all that into account into mm-hmm. how we're building out these kits so look forward to that um and we definitely recommend if you want to stay on top of the kit launch mm-hmm. um to sign up for our email list and that will you guys will be the first to know
0: definitely head to the website check mm-hmm. them out this episode is coming out basically a few days before the kids yeah. will go live so um if you haven't yet sign up on our website so yeah. you'll be the first to know when these kits kick off mm-hmm. And for podcast listeners, we definitely want to swing the deal. You can use our promo code podcast ship to get free shipping on your order. This yeah. works with expedited shipping and in compounds, we may or may not have other deals going on in addition to the kids at this time. So definitely keep an eye out. Yeah. Otherwise, let's get into the meets. All right. The meats. <laughs> uh, yeah. So today is all about post acne care. Mm-hmm. It sounds really daunting and it can be a very frustrating problem, yeah. but... In a, in a weird way, the good thing is you might already be using topicals. That's helpful. So let's get right into it. Yeah.
1: So just a couple of things to know, um, usually in post acne care, um, we're all really hyper aware about how our acne footprints Mm -hmm. are healing. And are we, do we actually have acne scarring? Mm -hmm. Um, so we're actually gonna dedicate a big chunk of this to acne scarring and how to prevent and I guess handle and treat acne scarring. We've done this topic previously, and I'll be honest, we don't give very motivating information because (laughs) a lot of times with acne scarring, um, it does require an in-office procedure. But the biology behind it is because um, there's a stat here that 80 to 90% of patients Develop acne scarring Mm -hmm. that has atrophic scarring and atrophic scarring is that topography change where you're there's kind of a dip in skin Mm -hmm. Um, And this is due to a loss of collagen that occurs during that inflammatory stage So Mm -hmm. this is why Gloria and I always try to emphasize that in acne Soothing can be an incredibly helpful component to focus on during this time period Yeah, okay, so but the good thing is there are some research groups out there that are looking at how to help this topically. Mm-hmm. And like Laura said, good news is a lot of it we might already be doing. So we're going to start in the realm of retinoids. Yeah.
0: Yep. So the, of course, Tretinoin being mm-hmm. the prescription retinoid has been looked at in this arena. Uh, we found a study where they um, looked at patients that use daily application of Tretinoin at point oh 0.05. Applica. Can- <laughs> Um, of retinoid at 0.05% for four months resulted in a market improvement <laughs> improvement in the superficial acne scars so again this is something that mm. if you have acne you might already be using mm. but even as your skin clear up just something to keep in mind yes. you may want to just carry on with that tret- treatment for a little bit longer for that extra benefit
1: yeah so that actually is kind of the the cusp of the retinoid category Mm -hmm. where a lot of this agony scarring focus started building up was actually around adapalene Mm -hmm. um and it's really exciting and gives me a lot of hope they actually looked at adapalene alone and in one of their studies they looked at a 0.3 percent adapalene gel so this is going to be a prescription adapalene um the they did an investigator and subject assessment so they had a clinical expert and the subjects themselves assess their scarring I guess, ex- how their scarring is healing throughout this study. And then they found that skin texture and the atrophic scarring was, had improved. Um, for subjects assessments, they gave themselves, they, they said 80% of subjects saw that improvement, mm-hmm. while the investigators saw that 50%. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah. So It's a big like discrepancy. Yeah. And also
0: for those of you who wonder why we don't weigh consumer perception studies as highly as true clinical tests, this is why.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's a good point. It's because Investigators are trained to be uh, incredibly critical. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The assholes of skincare (laughs) because they see all the little, you know, um, I guess uh, they can see all the little marks and details and they know what to look for.
0: Yeah. And I think Mm. with um, self-assessment, a lot of times there's a psychology component to it. You are recruiting, you know, you're being recruited for a very specific end result. Mm -hmm. So sometimes like the questions themselves may lead you to look for these things specifically. You can kind of convince yourself like,
1: yeah yeah it looks better <laughs>
0: that's a really good point
1: all right so but that doesn't stop there mm. um what we really like is this combination um that we've done that um, is being looked at and that is adapalene with benzoyl peroxide um and this study is i think the most relatable mm-hmm. because you're able to purchase this in a drugstore so they one lab looked at the combination of 0.1 adapalene mm-hmm. with 2.5 percent benzoyl peroxide mm-hmm. The study was done for six months. Mm-hmm. Small sub, small test, thirty-one subjects, and these subjects have active, moderate facial acne, and they must have ten atrophic scars. Mm-hmm. Okay, so after six months of use, they use this once a day. Mm-hmm. Um, they found that um, that the point one percent adapalene group did help in preventing new scar formation, mm-hmm. while if in the actually this is I should say this is split face, so. Mm-hmm the treatment side Mm -hmm. did see that it prevented a new scar where they saw an increase in scarring on the control side
0: that makes a lot of sense Mm -hmm. so
1: hopefully that gives everyone an idea of what maybe a drugstore dappeline level can do for skin Mm -hmm. and how long to use it for (laughs) i was gonna say because
0: like this is especially for acne studies this is a pretty tiny study it might just be like a quick indication or like they're just trying to suss out whether mm-hmm. or not this is something they should explore further for sure but six months is still quite a yeah. commitment for a study yeah and i think the study that was the previous treatment study we talked about is four months so again acne healing is a long journey and um but I can tell you it's definitely not a you cure your breakout yeah. once and for all thing yeah. it's a continued thing yeah so if you're already on these active definitely stay the course yeah. even the skin is beginning to clear up
1: yeah i think that's the most important takeaway mm-hmm. is knowing that um in order to prevent more scarring from occurring
0: you must continue use so yeah it's a long journey with these topicals and i'm sure victoria also liked the study because they only use 2.5 percent bpo yeah. you don't need 10 percent leave on bpo <laughs> you don't have to bleach every single one of We're your pillowcases yes yeah, <laughs> so many linens just gone
1: <laughs> all right but it, yeah so gloria's absolutely right it didn't stop there their next combination they looked at was between 3% Adapalene mm-hmm. with 2.5% BPO. Mm-hmm. Um, so this study actually was done for 24 weeks. Holy crap. Yeah. And they same thing was used once a day. Mm-hmm. And let me just go through some of the results here. The subject group that they wanted to include must have at least 25 inflammatory lesions mm-hmm. and at least 10 atrophic acne scars.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, same thing was treated half face while mm-hmm. the other one was control. And they found that this combination had significantly su- was significantly superior to the control um, in reducing the scar count mm-hmm. and saw an increased per- uh, and improved percent change from baseline. Mm-hmm. The most important thing about these studies is that this combination is effective at both treating acne and preventing treating acne and treating acne scarring, especially in the 0.3% group and also the prevention of new acne scarring, which is actually not something that is monitored in acne studies at all.
0: Yeah, so I think it's super important and between these two studies, you can also see the difference in level of efficacy between 0.1% adapalene and 0.3% adapalene. Um, and I think in a way it makes a lot of sense. Like Victoria mentioned, part of the reason for scarring is that degradation collagen, mm. part of the benefits of retinoids is boost collagen yeah. production. So it's kind of a, it becomes a positively reinforced cycle. So yeah. kind of carrying on with your retinoids and this is where your, if your skin can tolerate, it might be helpful to consider dialing up in dosage. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. So that's kind of the realm of retinoids in mm. post acne care. All in all to say is that um, if you, I think people always kind of wish, like, especially if you're an acne person, it's like, oh, I don't want to keep, like, how long am I going to have to use these topicals Mm -hmm. for? Am I changed this for the rest of my life? You know, like, it's it's tough, but then also know that there's benefits to that, Mm -hmm. um, especially in the healing process. We are in the next meet, we're going to get into glycolic acid, which is kind of a wild Mm-hmm. arena too um but otherwise hopefully that gives you guys some semblance of you guys
0: are doing some good things mm-hmm. for post acne care yeah and if you're <laughs> if you're not on a yet this is why yeah. retinoids in general is yeah. a gold standard and you should highly consider for sure yeah
1: all right we're gonna take a break uh, it's time to break break break, yeah, break 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 break, 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 break. it's the animal fun fact corner and today it's my turn
0: all All right right. (laughs) hit me what we got all right gloria
1: today we are going to talk about the vervet monkey Mm.
0: monkeys must be a wild one (laughs) i feel like monkeys have like the most insane documentaries (laughs) i think actually any any sort of like monkeys apes like baboons wild Mm -hmm. i think i saw one where they like raise dogs and stuff like that yeah, there's or, like caste systems and stuff. Yeah, um, and monkeys can be really cruel to each mm-hmm. other. It's really wild. But anyway. Yes. So
1: today, um, nothing too serious mm-hmm. like that. This vervan monkey um, is found in, south in uh, southern and east Africa, typically in Ethiopia and all the way to maybe like South Sudan. They're about 15 pounds, so they're not super big. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of interesting behavior they are actually one of the types of monkeys that actually show spite in that they can <laughs> they can destroy food uh-huh. um but not it's just to destroy it not like steal it uh-huh. so they consider that like as a spiteful thing to like <laughs> either prevent yeah like prevent uh maybe uh competing males mm-hmm. or like put them in their place so that was like one thing i was like oh okay <laughs> well is
0: there are any doubt though? we are related to monkeys <laughs> Spiteful creatures.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. But it's not anything about that. The reason why I want to talk about about the vervet monkey with Gloria is because on the Caribbean island of St. Kitts, Mm -hmm. these monkeys are alcoholics. (laughs) Oh,
0: no. (laughs) Yes.
1: So this is, uh, you know, they have resorts out there, Uh beautiful beaches. Um, so these monkeys will actually roam the beaches and they will wait for vacationers to leave their drinks.
0: Oh, Legitimately
1: no. will steal their cocktail. Oh,
0: my God! <laughs> we created drunk monkeys! Yes, yes. That's
1: exactly it. It's an island of drunk monkeys. <laughs> oh, no! Um, it's a type of revet, the green mm-hmm. Um They were actually introduced to this island around the 17th century. Mm-hmm. They were brought over um, with slaves from Africa. And they actually developed this liking for the alcohol <laughs> in the form of in the form of the fermented sugar cane
0: uh-huh
1: okay so you can actually find them just hanging out with a drink um they will sneak down they'll jump on tables i actually have a picture here of one. Oh my and god they can actually be very selective in their cocktails as well so they'll go around trying the different drinks and see what they like and they'll steal it
0: can you imagine <laughs> if you order a drink and even monkeys are like Bro, what are you thinking? (laughs)
1: Yeah, exactly. I also really know like what cocktails they like. (laughs) Yeah. So this became such a fascinating discovery Mm -hmm. that researchers decided to actually see if they could turn this into a study. Mm -hmm. Some people criticize this action, but they captured a thousand of these vervet monkeys. Mm -hmm kept them in Wait, social the,
0: the the island's not big they just like, went out there with a the big nail it's like here's a yeah, thousand of like drunk net, monkeys all of them, i don't know
1: more of them with drinks i don't know a lot know. Of monkeys here they, 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 they called a happy hour and they're oh. like come
0: on guys come on in here, here's a pina colada <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah so and then they kept them in social groups and conducted research on their drinking habits oh my god and they wanted to see if it was similar to humans. humans? Uh huh. So it was really fascinating, and we'll share the link too because they actually published a paper on this. Oh my god! Yeah, and the whole thing. Yeah, the title is "Voluntary Consumption of Beverage Alcohol by Vervet Monkeys." Oh, hilarious! Yeah. <laughs> so it's a it's legit. Okay. The most fascinating thing is that they were able to break these monkeys down into four types of drinkers. Um, so you have the social drinker. Mm-hmm. So this is the majority of the monkeys. <laughs> it's they, very human. Yeah. They prefer alcohol diluted in fruit juice, uh-huh. will only drink in the company of other monkeys and not before lunch.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's so relatable. Uh huh. Uh huh. All right.
1: You, well, next you have your um, regu- you have your regular drinkers. so this mm-hmm. is 15% of the monkeys uh-huh. They prefer their alcohol neat or diluted in water, not sweetened or diluted with fruit juice. Interestingly, steady drinkers do very well in social groups and are good leaders. <laughs> they run troops well they keep order well. they're very dominant. <laughs> this type of alcoholic monkey is a very
0: functional animal. <laughs> Because
1: they deserve a raise.
0: <laughs> that <laughs> was a sentence I didn't expect to hear today. Yeah, a uh, very functional alcoholic, <laughs> yeah, regular monkey. drinker. Yeah. Uh huh.
1: All right, next, you've got your binge drinker. Uh So 5% of the monkeys (laughs) drink their alcohol fast, (laughs) get in fights, and drink themselves into a coma. (laughs) Just as in humans, there are more young males in this group. Uh, That's hilarious. Mm -hmm. If this group has unrestricted access to alcohol, they will drink themselves to death within two to three months.
0: I can see where the controversy comes in with capturing these monkeys and then give them constant access to alcohol inside. Ooh, yeah exactly freddie just drank himself off a
1: cliff oh no and they say binge drinkers differ from regular or steady drinkers by their drinking patterns rather than by the amounts of alcohol they consume so it seems like they're just like go hard go fast Mm -hmm. versus the regulars are a little bit more even keel Uh, uh so and then they they call it the teetoler but it's 15 percent of monkeys prefer little or no alcohol so
0: that's no hilarious. Way. I don't know how the percentage play out between humans and monkeys, yeah. but I, I feel like there has to be some linkage in that. Yes. I feel like I myself and uh, a crossover <laughs> between a social and a regular, regular drinker, because <laughs> I'm like, well, I think of myself as a social drinker, but yes. I don't prefer to dilute it in fruit drinks. Mm. Like I think, yeah, but <laughs> I, I think in college yeah. I was a binge drinker. <laughs> But that phase of my life have come and gone. We
1: might have all dabbled in a couple of these categories every now and then. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. All right. And to wrap up. um, Yeah, they really, you know, they wanted to see if there was a link to human drinking behavior. Um, They also find it interesting because obviously these monkeys are not there's no like uh, economic barrier to alcohol. So they want to understand that as well. But well, yeah, if you guys are curious about this study, definitely check it out. I was so amazed
0: that they did this. I mean, okay, I don't know I I never sat on an ethics committee with these <laughs> yeah. studies before. Yeah. But when you mentioned economic barriers, I'm like, I bet you can train these monkeys to like yeah. give you bananas for yeah. alcohol. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. So, oh my god, crazy. Yeah. Yep. The picture is hilarious. The fervent monkey, guys. You guys are curious. Or maybe you've been to this island. You're like, yep, I know exactly. That was crazy. I had
0: to fight for my drink. <laughs> I find the social drinkers to yeah. be, uh, really interesting. I'm like, what do they talk about when they get drunk? It, I'd love to see it. Yeah. Right? Would they cattle yeah. each other? Like, oh my God, you would not believe. <laughs> More communication happens. There's yep. liquid
1: courage. I don't know. That's
0: hilarious. No great kidding. find. Great find. <laughs> going into the review episode already. <laughs> Drunk monkeys.
1: All right. We're going to get into me part two. All right. Let's do it. Yeah. And we're going to focus on glycolic acid because there's actually a lot here.
0: Yeah. Um, For those of you who experience actually any sort of scarring, mm-hmm. um, a deeper or more intensive chemical peel is often recommended. Yeah. And there is a lot of studies done on chemical peels in general. Mm-hmm. So let's take a look.
1: Yeah. So. There's one study that I really liked that I had shared with Gloria. They wanted to look at, is there any benefit to doing high strength peels versus uh, maybe doing like a 15% glycolic, actually twice daily. Um, mm-hmm. To be fair, we would say the, this testing scenario is definitely on the incredibly intense, intense side, yep. yes, <laughs> aggressive it is. side. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll paint you the picture now. Um, this is a study of 58 subjects females are age group is 19 to 41 and they must have atrophic acne scarring remember this is the scarring dips. with the divots so mm-hmm. this can include boxcar ice pick rolling and just you're seeing that um Topography in, or, dips, exactly. yeah. yeah and um they broke these groups, these subjects up into three groups mm-hmm. so you have your peel group mm-hmm. and these peel groups are performed bi-weekly and how this is arranged and schedules kind of interesting. So first off is the face will be degreased twice mm-hmm. with alcohol and acetone mm-hmm. before applying the peel. Mm-hmm. And then what happens is they apply this peel. It's non-buffered. Mm-hmm. OK, so they're applying this peel for just two minutes. And this will steadily increase every bi week um, mm. from 20 to 35 to 50% to 70% glycolic acid.
0: Yes, Gloria. All right. Okay. I would like to have a really quick <laughs> PSA corner here. Um, when we say num buffer free acid, yeah. this means business. Yeah. Um, what you get, we did a whole episode and a whole blog post on home peels. Yeah. You can find things like 20 to about 30% glycolic acid, yeah. where the pH is at 3.5. Yeah. To give you context, if you don't buffer the solution, if you don't have a base in it, we're talking about a pH of like a 1 yeah. or like a 0.5 yeah. and pH is a logarithmic scale. So it doesn't mean it's like a pH of 1 and pH of 3. The difference is not like 3x. It's like a 100x. Yeah. So it's really important to keep that in mind. This was 100% done in office. Yeah. You might be able to buy glycolic acid at this level online. Probably like if you search hard enough. Yeah. Yeah. Do not do this at home. <laughs> decreasing de- with alcohol and acetone mm. is common practice in office. You can, this is why sometimes we suggest you can use a clay mask mm. or just wipe down your face really well to give it that similar type of effect. Mm. But this really intensifies the, um, the experience. Now, for the faint of heart, I definitely don't do this at home. Yeah, exactly.
1: And yeah, this is all obviously under expert supervision. Yeah. So the thing to know is if you're wondering how they're increasing, mm. um, what they do is, when they apply the peel, they are timing it to see how long your skin is able to endure. Mm -hmm. So if your skin is able to um, endure it for up to five minutes, Mm -hmm. then they grad then you graduate to the next concentration of peel yeah um so this is the peel group mm-hmm. the second group is the maintenance group and this are individuals that are they're going to get a 15 percent glycolic acid product and they're going to use it twice daily mm. and i should also i forgot to mention this study goes on for 24 weeks so this is a pretty, pretty long, impressive length. Yeah. yeah but i think twice daily exfoliant for me in my head i'm like that's a lot mm-hmm. yeah the third group is the control group mm-hmm. and they just get a blank moisturizer that they're applying every twice day. I just feel kind of bad. Like the
0: people <laughs> who are like, oh my God, a, a study on acne scars. Oh, that's so exciting. Yeah. And then you draw the hat and it's like, here's a moisturizer. I bye bye now." <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah.
1: So, all right, let's talk about results. All right, let's go. Okay. So week eight. Mm-hmm. All right. This is when they're able to see a significant reduction in scar severity for the peel group but this is where it's kind of wonky it's not significantly better than the other groups
0: interesting so if
1: you're kind of like wondering what does that mean that's basically saying yes there is a benefit to using appeal at week eight but if you compare it to the other groups mm-hmm. they're also okay too they didn't yeah. get significant results but they're also healing it's
0: well. like trending in the right direction yes
1: okay so then we hit we- week 16 mm-hmm. and you're probably feeling like this is a very long study yes it is I think we talked about this in hyperpigmentation. I think this realm and the pigmentation realm is when study lengths and the Must time much has to be much longer. Much,
0: exactly. much longer. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, week, week 16, they saw significant reduction in severity for both the group B and C, which is actually oh. 15% glycolic acid
0: and twice just the a day.
1: And the control group.
0: <laughs> Interesting. Yes.
1: So, I think the takeaway here is that. By week 16, if you are using a 15% glycolic acid treatment twice a day, you will see significant reduction, but your skin is also healing itself. Mm -hmm, Right. And those, you know, they're obviously comparing it to baseline. So, you know, for that rate, I I just feel like it's more like, yeah, they're both, everyone's on the up and up by week 16. Yeah. 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 And the other thing to keep in mind is the peel group still has not seen significantly better results <laughs> than the other And then group. at
0: this point they're like I felt like we're getting shit. I'm coming twi- like twice I'm coming every other yeah. week to burn my face. Yes. What the heck? Exactly. Then we hit
1: week 20. Mm-hmm. And by week 20, the peel group has had 10 peels. Mm-hmm. That means that these subjects on average are getting about 4 to 6 applications of 70% glycolic acid mm-hmm. at this point. Um, And this is when you actually see significant improvement from the previous results. And then only by the end of the study, week 24, do they actually see significantly better results than group B with 15% glycolic acid.
0: I love this study. It's (laughs) super interesting. And I think for those of you, a couple things. First of all, um, this highlights the length of time it really takes to to heal from scarring. And it's important to keep in mind that Skin will do its thing naturally. So that's why even with just a moisturizer, mm-hmm. you see a certain level of, of improvement. Yeah. And um, but you won't see market improvement from topicals until like four or five yeah. months in, and yeah. that's just the state of it. Yeah. Um, for the peel group, I do want to highlight that for in office peels, glycolic acid at the end of the day, is still considered a superficial peel. Mm-hmm. It is still a mild peel as that's far true. as, as a good the, point. the stuff that you can get. Yeah. Um, but um, it's obviously work with your care provider to see what level of appeal is right for you. For scarring, it's it's a very sensitive topic mm-hmm. because on one hand, yeah, it takes something pretty intensive to to see the results, but at the same time, this is not something you wanna irritate skin too much yeah. on. And um and yeah, I, I think this is a super cool study that I did.
1: Yeah. And I think one of the things I should also mention is that they also noted that 48 out of 58 of these patients actually ended up completing and seven of the seven subjects in the PEEL group withdrew because they couldn't tolerate the PEELs. They couldn't tolerate a PEEL higher than 20 to 35% with a contact time longer than two minutes. They just mm-hmm. couldn't take it. So I think like what also is important to know is like there's going to be a cohort of people that can't, can't do, this. do it, Yeah, They just can't. Yeah. And so- The idea is that, well, at least then a 15% glycolic treatment could be just, um, a second option for Mm -hmm. these individuals because yeah, it's definitely not going to be for everyone. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I love that this also highlighted, I think a couple of weeks ago when we're doing the home peel question, there are people that ask like, oh, like, or even feedback from customers that's used our home peels, they they didn't understand the difference between using a low dose every day mm. versus a higher dose every day. And I think this clinical level of glycolic acid really showcases what you get from peels is very different than what you get from leave-on. Because no. 15% twice a day, you're still just doing general, very surface yeah. level maintenance work.
1: No, that's a really good point. Yeah, for sure. And honestly, this isn't the only study I was going to share like, with There's and I'm not even going to get into it, mm-hmm. is that They've done other peel studies on acne scarring as well. Um, There's one that's specifically done on Asian skin that Mm. looked at um, 15% acid treatment versus um, doing a 35% and a 50% glycolic acid peel. Um, And I think the thing to keep in mind is just that these studies are done a lot longer. Um, This one was also done for uh, at least 10 weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's just a lot of um, focus on how these in office peels can help with atrophic scarring. And yeah, anyway, so I just,
0: yeah, yeah, it's one of those. Definitely something to consider. And you know what? I feel like doing this makes me extra angry like, <laughs> at products that claim like really instantaneous yes. effects or really, really fast yes, results. Because exactly. this is a category you see a lot of people It's say, like, results in one week. Yes. That's bullshit. I'm so, <laughs> I'm so
1: glad you, you, you you're saying this because this is where i want to talk about my hot takes in this Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. role so my first one my hot take here is also that i think acne individuals we have very unrealistic expectations mm-hmm. on healing yeah, and like scar healing and spot fading. Mm-hmm. I think because we're so used to seeing the lesion kind of be gone in like three to four days, mm-hmm. if you you pop your pimples, it might be even faster. And so because of that, we forget that these spots, these hy- the extra hyperpigmentation, the scarring, all that, that's when it's like, you're not supposed to see time. improvement until like three to four months at least, yep. you know. Yep. So I would say that's one where it's like, OK, I think we need to like understand that we're so trained to see things so quickly in that, you know, um, instant gratification that we forget about mm-hmm. the tail end of the healing process. Yep. Okay, that's my first date second take is i think salicylic acid is super overrated oh, right. we haven't talked about salicylic acid <laughs> at all this whole time yeah and, and it's more because i'm annoyed that every time and i understand why they have to do it is any acne launch is going to have sal acid as a drug in yeah. there so that they could claim acne but it's just because of that that everyone thinks you need cell acid. And I think it's really overrated.
0: You know, it's funny you said that because I feel like cell acid is one that has like a cyclical revival yes. every 10 years too. Yes, And to me, don't get us wrong, it's a great way to supplement your yeah. acne routine, but it's hard to, it does its thing, right? But what it does is a little limited or more limited than you think. Yes. And sometimes people kind of blow it out of proportion mm-hmm. and treat cell acid like the mecca, the holy grail. Yeah. the Yeah.
1: And what I, find sometimes it kind of sets people up on the wrong foot is like they think sal acid is like the gateway into acne treatment yeah and you're starting to build your routine around cell acid yeah when i feel like you should already you know go ahead and start looking at adapalene or bpo mm-hmm. and then build your cell acid around into that instead it. right yeah. like i feel like that would be anyways sal acid. Man. <laughs> okay next one that gloria has heard me say multiple times is bpo is very underrated yep yep i've heard this a few times (laughs) i think it gets a bad rap because proactive used to put that in everything and then it's like the pummeling of it yeah yeah and so people just think it's really harsh and drying and bad for you and all these things and actually can be really helpful and it has Mm -hmm. some really great data on tackling multiple aspects
0: of acne yeah. 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 And I think this is starting to turn into another thing that needs to be on a t-shirt or something, which is, <laughs> I don't think you need 10% BPO,
1: <laughs> low, nothing wrong with a low dose BPO. We're past clean and clear. Yes. We're past the rapid action 10 minute and mm-hmm. be gone, like 10% BPO product. So mm-hmm. yeah. Um. Okay. And then finally, this glorious get to hear me stand <laughs> on my podium and say, I <laughs> think acne individuals are preyed upon. <laughs> and the reason why i say this is because if you look at if you try to do a product search Mm
0: -hmm.
1: or you go to a brands like you know and you're trying to sift through their you know product offering a lot of times you'll find like an acne category but then it has nothing to do with acne Mm -hmm. like a lot of it's just them like positioning maybe more I don't know lighter moisturizers Uh or like a gentle cleanser and I just feel like that's not really helpful you know it makes you feel like oh I need to change my regimen to cater to my acne I just don't necessarily know if I agree with that yeah
0: yeah I totally agree and I think um I think again this is where like people who make claims we get it like they're people want to hear a certain type of claim and then some brands are way too happy to cater to that but it ends up just really misleading people and frustrating everyone exactly and i think the point of me saying this is that
1: you know the goal is you should you know if you let's say suddenly starting to deal with breakouts you shouldn't feel the need to start changing out all your existing products this is where you want the actual acne topical to start doing the work yes you want to see how skin's improving with the topical Before you start saying, all right, that's it. I need to completely remove all the oil from my skincare routine. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, just change everything and start from square one. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Any last tips, Gloria?
0: (laughs) Keep calm and carry on. Oh. We said this before but sunscreen (laughs) yes uh something we didn't talk about a lot this episode because we did already Mm. cover hyperpigmentation Mm. is that's other than topography pigmentation is the other aspect of scarring yes um so sunscreen is super duper important here for those reasons as well Mm because if your hyperpigmentation gets worse the scar will appear to be more severe
1: totally and we'll leave you with this one other piece of data that i thought was very helpful is that per type of atrophic scarring, there are recommended treatment options in office. Mm-hmm. We'll show this chart here from, um, it's very helpful and it shows how, you know, an ice pick scar may be better off with a chemical appeal mm-hmm. versus, you know, rolling or boxcar where we might need lasers or dermabrasion instead. So this is a kind of, it, it's not necessary for you to take this and like go to your camera i i heard on the interwebs (laughs) that i need this (laughs) yeah but hopefully that will help tailor your research and you can start asking more pointed questions and have a better conversation with your derm on treatments for this but yeah we did find this chart to be semi-helpful yeah
0: and it also showcases the complexities of scarring and why you should be wary of really blanket claims made by topicals at the end of the day i think a lot of acne individual does have sometimes a blend of these things one more predominant than others so on and so forth Mm -hmm. but um it's still a great place to start the conversation
1: yeah totally otherwise to sum up um hopefully this episode helps you guys feel like at least topically what you guys might be doing is already helping yes and ultimately consistency and patience is the key here as well just like hyperpigmentation Mm -hmm. and otherwise definitely team up with your derm Ask the right questions, have that conversation about how is your acne going to be healing, mm-hmm. you know, and that will all give you a better sense of how your whole acne situation is shaping up. For sure. But otherwise, we've reached the end of the episode. <gasps> Yay!
0: <laughs> Almost at the end of the season. Yeah, Just two more to go.
1: And if you want to learn more, please visit our website, chemistconfessions.com, where you will find all of our blog content. Um, you can write to us with your burning skincare questions at info at chemistconfessions.com. Uh, You can DM us at chemist.confessions on Instagram or just leave your questions below. Otherwise, we hope you enjoyed this episode. We will see you guys next time. Bye. Ah!